Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, Flight Fam, Flight Baniacs, whatever the fuck y'all call yourself, whatever you identify as as a listener of Flight Burbly, how's it going? I am enjoying a, a, a frosty cold one, but not the bourbon I said I would enjoy if the Flyers had won, because they did not win. They lost in a shootout to the New York Islanders. Stop me if you've heard this one. The Flyers went to overtime with the New York Islanders. What a season this has been. Oh, Wow. Joining me tonight, not one, but two illustrious co-hosts. I am very excited. It's been a long time since we've had a double co-host flight. Joining me, Kurt R. and Eamon S. How you guys doing tonight? Kurt, I'm going to start with you. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Well, I don't know. The Flyers, they're here. They exist. I kind of wish they didn't. But that was that was disappointing. It, well... So someone in Slack, I forget who, said during – I think it was Chuck – said it during that game and correctly pointed out that after um, – I think it was like with a minute left in the third period. He said basically, the Flyers have played really well this game. You know what that means? They're going to lose. You know what happened next? Flyers lost. They went ahead and lost. <laughs> they went and lost. Because like you – know, I mean the first you know seven minutes of that game, two goals in a minute apart – that's what happens when the Flyers play the Islanders. They have those breakdowns, and then that happens. And then Sam Moran pushes a guy into the boards. I don't know if that was worth five in a game. Definitely boarding. I don't know if it was more than that, but I don't know. I could go either way on it. He, he's a very large human, so I think they take extra precaution when he does anything because they're just like, oh, whoa, whoa, you can cripple a guy easily. You are gigantic. Yeah, and... At that point, it was like, okay, either they're going to stop this stop this power play, not give up any goals, kill it off, and maybe they can make something of it, or they're going to be down 5 nothing before the first period ends. And hey, credit to them. They weren't down 5 nothing after the first period ended, and in fact, after that penalty kill, honestly put a fairly decent game. Clawed back, didn't, you know, tied it, weren't able to get the lead, didn't win in the shootout because the shootout is fake hockey. And we wouldn't be allowed to feel good things in it. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's what this season's been. When when good things happen, we we aren't really allowed to enjoy them. And then when bad things happen, we the, just bad things happen. It's what this season's been. It's, it's it's rendered me unable to formulate coherent thoughts, as you can tell from what I've been saying for the last two minutes. Um, this is a bummer. It's a bummer. I don't like it. It makes me sad. 
I thought you were going to say it's rendered you unable to love at this point, which I, I wouldn't be surprised by if the Flyers had rendered you unable to love because wow. of their stink. That's a bummer. I mean, that's not to you. That's to the Flyers. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing about you. Mm-mm. It's all on the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. All out of love. Huge bummer. It's because of the Flyers, and I really hate stupid team. <laughs> that was beautiful. That touched my heart, my soul, <laughs> just everything. Kurt, you should be also in, uh, joining Albert's, us. Uh, you should be in Albert's cover band. Oh heck yes! <laughs> I still need to find where he's where he's playing. It's probably not far from me. I just I would love to start a BSH cover band. That just sounds beautiful right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm here too. Uh, Steve is trying to introduce me. Hi, Eamon. Yes, I will transition to you. Eamon's here. <laughs> How you doing, Eamon? Now, um, Eamon. So to to mark this significant. Uh, show here by significant i mean we lost to the islanders again good lord uh i've decided to durst it in my home mainly because uh it's starting to get warm again and that's when i durst during the show and for those of you not familiar with dursting i remember once upon a time our fearless leader steph driver was not aware what dursting was dursting is when you wear a backwards baseball cap in the style of fred durst the lead singer of limp biscuit in early 2000s band and specifically a red one. It's not a full Durst, since this is my maroon Phillies hat, but it is a Durst, and it uh, absorbs sweat, so it's it's wonderful. But Eamon, I believe you had a, a Durst-relevant <laughs> thing happen to you just now. Yeah, so about, like, 30 minutes before recording this, I, I'm, I was still working on the recap for this game as it was going on, and I, I live right next to a street in Auburn where... Basically, the speed limit picks up by about 20 miles per hour as you're coming out of downtown and you're heading towards, like, the fast food restaurants and stuff like that. That's where all the college kids go. And this, like, huge pickup truck comes rolling past. It definitely had, like, a muffler on it to just make it super noisy. They're revving the engines. And (laughs) My Way by Limp Biscuit was playing so loud over the speakers that the windows in our apartment on the fifth floor of the building were rattling. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just watching the game. And then I just, I just hear Fred Durst like with his, uh, beautiful crooning going over the, the voice of Jim Jackson. Jackson (laughs) Name a more iconic duo. I'll wait. There you go. If that's, that's a sample I want to hear right there. That's not the ideal way to enjoy a hockey game. I don't know what is. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It made you want to break some stuff. <laughs> my God. It, it just anytime you can involve Limp Biscuit hockey, that's a fly perfectly special right there. And I got to say, the Islanders also, they played Disturbed during the game. So that, that really hit the trifecta right there. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> they, also, they also played one of the old Flyers goal songs. Um, oh yeah, booyah! Right? They play booyah, which on on the rank. I think I said this in Slack. On the ranking of our of Flyers goal songs since um since Dupe, that's sadly one of the better ones. I, I I almost one of the benefits of the Flyers being bad this year is I haven't had to hear their goal song that much, which is nice because I don't know, it's, it's, just doesn't do it for me. And there wasn't there a weird period during the playoffs last year where people kind of started to embrace it on Twitter with like the feel the shake hashtag, which I was like, do we like this now? Did I miss this? meeting? <laughs> Did it become good? Uh, probably, but yeah, well, I, it isn't for me. It's no. not, I guess it depends on what you want in a goal song. Just doesn't really 
I guess, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it still sucks, but... Uh, it, I need something I can raise my fist to repeatedly. It's gotta be fast, right? Or I can chant with. It's gotta be fast. It, it, I either have, have to chant beat. or I have... Right, right, right. Like, I love the Van Halen one, where I go, Hey, 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 that's great. Uh, bro him, fantastic. I wasn't the biggest Dupe fan, but Dupe could get people up like and Duke. out yeah, of their seats. Can, and... You can bop to it, you can bop to it. I'll be honest, my biggest problem with Duke was just that it was stolen from the Philadelphia That's fair. Union. That's totally yeah. fair. But that's why they didn't use it after that, right? Mm-hmm. That was like the whole thing. The Union basically were like, hey, we don't have much of a fan base compared to like the other big sports in town. Could you please not steal like our one thing? <laughs> we had one thing, Flyers. One thing. And you took it. Well, Steve, I can't imagine. Is there, I don't know, maybe a, maybe a celebratory song? By a by an American <laughs> hip hop group, hip hop duo maybe mm. that uh that Philadelphia native hip hop duo. Um, are they? I don't think I don't. I I, I was going. Oh, no, was, I was yeah, going for tag team. I was going for tag team. Yeah, I, I don't know where you're going. I'm I'm open to I'm open to Philadelphia based music here too. But I was thinking about tag team. Uh, I got to see where tag teams from because I actually don't know. But uh, uh, yes, from Atlanta. tag I'm team. Just an idiot. <laughs> you idiot! You're thinking of the Fresh Prince and Jazzy <laughs> Jeff. I think I was thinking of uh, DJ Cool. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, well, I won't. There it is. Over two hundred people signed that petition, <laughs> and the Flyers ignored me. Flat. They stole all my other ideas, but not the best one. Won't there it is. Yeah, they. It worked in the Mighty Ducks too. I forgot how many of your ideas they stole. A lot. There's, there's many, Chucky. Many ideas. The disassembly room. The disassembly room. <laughs> the fucking disassembly room. I am gonna rue the disassembly room. To the end of my days. And I think I literally told them, like, when I was touring it. I think I said it, and somebody was within earshot, and then, like, two days later, it's gone. It's gone. Forget it. I, it's, it's a sad, sad, but you know what? I'm, I'm honored, in a way, that they're mm-hmm. stealing some of my ideas. But to steal this one, steal one, there it is. Yeah. It worked for those crazy mighty ducks, that, that international national collection of USA kids that got and played some real street puck with Keenan. Who's been on SNL for forty-five years? Wild how long he has been on that show. It's pretty insane. He actually went back in time and founded the show. It's a, a lot of people don't know that, but I do. Now it, I wish they would still want there it is, uh, or I don't know. You've got uh, iconic hip hop band The Roots that you could just go to and say, "Hi, The Roots, make us a song or I, I, anything." But then they're just like, "Let's try these like shitty rock songs." I will. Out I will never. In a in a in a very um in a very brief taken to the beat segment here, I will still never forget during this. I think it was the first intermission of the Winter Classic that was in Philly when Slam and Sammy Carcitti tweeted. Uh, let me see if I can find the exact tweet. Uh, where basically he said, "I don't know who the Roots are. Why aren't they playing Hollow Notes?" And I think <laughs> I remember that. I think Questlove like called that tweet out and was like, "Dude, don't you live here?" <laughs> Oh gee, we're hauling oats busy. Temple University's hauling oats. I think Sammy, Sammy, Sammy was also wondering why why Bill Cosby couldn't come out and do a stand up set during intermission. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Sam Sam Carcini just looks at the roots and is like, ah, I definitely don't know who these people are. <laughs> like immediately can tell. I mean, I, I'd like to propose another another goal song suggestion. Uh, Jump Around by House of Pain. I feel like that would be a good one. Sure. 
I, I'm all about that's, like that's that nineties. Is that the is that the one era. that the no the the sabers did no the sabers took Wisconsin. let me clear my throat which is also good yeah that's DJ Cool oh I like I'm mm-hmm. the only thing I'm envious of the Buffalo Sabers for anything in the Buffalo area. Okay, here was the t- here was the tweet January second, twenty twelve. Not knocking the roots, just wondering why Philly's Hollow Notes aren't here. Are roots from Philly? <laughs> Hashtag Winter Classic. Dude, Jesus Christ, man. Dude. <laughs> What year was this again, Kurt? Twenty twelve. Yeah, January twenty twelve. So, there's no excuse to not be able to quickly Google this. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen like Howard Eskin tweets from around that time? <laughs> I don't think from uh, ever. I don't from think ever. Sammy's generation is too good at using the Googles. Yeah. No, Howard Eskin's tweets from ever. They're just always just. He's gotten better. He's gotten better lately. Has he? There, there are fewer typos per. Gotta, gotta go find. Gotta find the whole thread from a wonderful Philly Twitter user Treblaw that has all of the all of the classic Howard Eskin oh, yeah. typos. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, just incredible content. Really, incredible content. He's the king. Absolute king with that stuff. And uh, Howard Eskin. I don't think anybody's had a better, worse Twitter career than Howard Eskin. Because it's just, it's all hilarious gold and typos, and he's just living up to the reputation right there. I mean, like, you have to be divinely inspired to misspell that many words in a row. (laughs) It's pretty magical shit. Like, he's he's been touched by the hand of terrible grammar god. All right, I went, I went, I went back a little further on Twitter. We're we're really having some good flyers content here. Um, (laughs) After Slam and Sammy tweeted that. Uh, Questlove tweeted, shame on you at Broad Street Bowl. You write for a Philly newspaper and just asked if the roots are even from Philly. Shame on you, Sam. Shame. Broad Street Bowl here tweeted some link to him. Indifference to hip-hop culture aside, you don't have to love us, but respect our, but you will respect our history. He just tweeted him a link to the Roots Wikipedia page. Because that's how easy it is to find this information, Sam. Goddamn easy. You could literally type into Google, where are the roots from? Are the roots from Philadelphia? And, any of that and then two minutes after tweeting that he tweeted i hate you right now at olivia munn so i don't know what led to that <laughs> i don't know Wait, did, did sam tweet that no no did... no Questlove tweeted this oh. we're really down the rabbit hole now <laughs> okay if, if sam is just randomly <laughs> tweeting at olivia munn that's that's what i'm here for that's the content i crave sam sam carcini's brain if he tweeted that is just the the clip from spongebob where it's like patrick saying theater machinations machinations it's a carton of milk getting tipped over (laughs) like we're we're hitting a crazy intersection here where we've got we've got spongebob we've got olivia munn which branches off into aaron Rodgers and the x-men oh boy (laughs) talk a little jeopardy i don't know yeah i which does anybody know why aaron Rodgers is hosting jeopardy i have no fucking clue no but it's better than dr oz mm-hmm. he got roasted in jeopardy too did you see the yeah that, that was that clip? was pretty that funny was pretty funny that was funny that was funny hope you're doing your that. hockey podcast listener <laughs> this is flyperbole they don't expect hockey at this point in the show craig and i would often just start with so what crazy shit you see this week? <laughs> That's half our openings. This is people don't expect hockey until forty five minutes in. Steve, yeah, I, I mean like the to... the other times I was on this show, you know, we led we led with discussions about Cole Beasley and Mike <laughs> Scott. So you know, it's actually it's actually wild. The past the past few shows have just actually had, I think, triple the hockey content of 
every combined show before that. We're here to wreck no, that, it, baby. I, well, that, you know what? That's actually not true because we would, because the shows would go like three hours. So you'd get like an hour of nonsense, an hour and a half of nonsense and an hour and a half of hockey. So you would get both. It's just, it takes a while to get down that road. It's like Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> that's a comparison right there. It is. It's got 45 endings. Eventually they get there. You're not necessarily happy with the ending they picked, but hey, it's an ending. I would like to bring up really quickly. Uh, have you seen the guy, the Guy Fieri uh, Hawaii roll or Hawaiian roll commercial that has been on the air for a little bit now? I think I mentioned. I think this I've to seen you. it. Yeah, yeah. You you have mentioned it to me. I think I've seen it. Uh, it, you know, I mean, guys everywhere on the TV set. How can you not see him at this point? But yeah, I think I've seen it. He so. he breaks into this person's home and is like <laughs> acting like a psychopath about Hawaiian rolls, and they're just like questioning, "Why are you in here?" Why are you selling Hawaiian rolls to me? It's all very disconcerting. And then he breaks into another person's home at the end of the commercial. <laughs> like that's, that's straight up like a, a Rick and Morty interdimensional cable, like fake commercial right there. Yeah. Like, like it's very self-aware and it kind of, it kind of cracked me up the first time I saw it. Cause he's just like, you should be buying hey, gang. rolls. <laughs> gang. Like, Guy Fieri's here in your kitchen. Sweatily eating Hawaiian rolls. <laughs> Little bit of my hair dye on the table. That's okay. Because we're going to Flavortown, buddy. I want his job so bad. Oh, man. That man is truly living the dream. That is my dream. To just go around to people's kitchens, eat fat-ass foods, get paid for it, and so, like, be enthusiastic on camera. Gang, this is a good-ass And it's always good. He's never bad-mouthed on Triple D. He's never gone in and been like, this is a piece of shit. I'm never coming back here. He's always just like, oh, right, that was fucking great. Yeah, we're, we're still saying, like, yeah, yeah it's, it's good. It's good. Right. That, that's his, that's his, this is awful. As he goes like, oh, it's good. If but he tells really you your food's like, good, oh. you failed. <laughs> yeah. If he's not having, like, a borderline, like, orgasm over your food, then it's. You've fallen short. <laughs> <laughs> right. You have failed this, this kitchen. Is he is he like the mem the only other member of the uh, unproblematic Mount Rushmore of celebrities besides Dolly Parton? I feel like those are the only. Two. <laughs> I think you're classic right Nashville answer, think, but you're not wrong. Is, I'm you're not mean, wrong. Like, which is consistently wild. She's awesome because dude. I I don't you, think she gets enough but, credit. Like Guy Fieri seems like the kind of guy I should hate. He seems like the kind of guy I should hate. But, but he's, he's like just, awesome. He's like a really good dude. He's awesome. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Any any man He's like who can rock... single-handedly saved half the kitchens in America. Any man who can rock frosted tips with that kind of confidence has like a very threatening aura. In the year twenty twenty one, he's a good dude. So like he's he's been doing a lot of charity work and everything. He's super involved in the Oakland area. So like awesome for like, him. He's got frosted tips. He's got flame T-shirts. He's he is basically the the limp biscuit dream walking around, and everybody loves him. Absolute baller. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody loves Limp Biscuit for for good reason because they're trash. Speaking of trash, how about these Philadelphia Flyers? Oh Hey-o. baby, dunked on, absolutely There's your patented on. Steve Jaco transition right there. So okay, of course this game went to a shootout, right? It it, it couldn't end any other way than Brock fucking Nelson, which I'm still not convinced is a real name winning it in the shootout for the Islanders. And I, I felt bad for Carter Hart because he actually was having another pretty good game. And, Solid game. You know, Solid game for him. Yeah. 
I'm just happy to see him have solid at this point after the dumpster fire that was the first half of the season. I, I mean, I literally... All, all Brocks are the enemy, uh, in my sorry, opinion. Sorry, my bad. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I, I was here to say all Brocks are the enemy, and I trust none of them. Agreed. I mean, I, I literally titled the recap with Steve's quote from the Slack, which is just, damn you, Brock Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. I, it, it felt appropriate. Um, I mean, I, I'd agree with Charlie's take and think everybody watching that game could probably agree that like they played pretty well tonight aside from like the first seven minutes of the first period that was pretty that was pretty shit when they gave up those two goals where it was just the same thing that we've seen all year dude goes behind the net they rather than covering the pass and getting the stick in the lane just follow the puck and then leave a dude wide open back door it's pretty frustrating on like it was nelson and everly both of them same exact way, right? It's been a lot of puck watching, like puck, fo- not even puck watching, puck following by this team this year. Like too many instances where they're, they're the dog in up when he saw a squirrel and just like look over towards the puck as soon as it comes out of somewhere they weren't expecting. And they're like, Ooh, look at that. Where's the puck? <laughs> I was hiding. I will get the puck now. Okay. I will score the goal. No, I will not <laughs> score the goal. Now I will leave Carter Hart out to dry. Complete with a tall, tall being named Kevin. <laughs> wow oh wow that i'm impressed by that that's that's a hell of a connection right there i tried Kurt but yeah anyways anyways the flyers defense <laughs> what, is bad. what's sadder the first 10 minutes of up or this flyer season oh man. Oh, this is this is a bummer Dif- different it's the first 10 minutes of up. different everybody. kinds of Come sad on, very different kinds of sad i feel like I, punches, the flyer season is just areas, i'm not mad right? i'm disappointed actually i'm mad and disappointed punches punches to different areas the flyers are dick punching uh, up is a punch to the heart. Different areas. <laughs> truth, truth. That's a perfect comparison right there. It's very well said. <laughs> I, I've been told I'm eloquent for my age. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I also love that the Islanders just had to go and make the the first like significant NHL trade in a minute right before they played the Flyers. Hey, when you can go get a. Who was it? Kyle Palmieri and uh, Travis Sajak. Travis Sajak. Oh, exciting God. names. For a bunch of picks. Isn't that, go that dude it. is like 84 years old. How is he still in the NHL? Because he scores three goals every time he plays the Flyers, it feels uh, like. That's a good point. I wish, you know what? <laughs> Joke's on them. Flyers aren't going to be in the playoffs. Owned. <laughs> <laughs> Complete cell phone. That is. <laughs> like, how can, you, how can you do that sound but sad? Like, you can combine that with the sad trombone. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. That was that was what I want played at my funeral. <laughs> Kyle Palmieri and Travis Sajak just I mean they're not exciting names, but I mean the Florida Panthers did a trade today and I looked at the names on the list. I'm like, who the fuck are any of these guys? Hey, I Henrik don't Borgstrom. Understand. Don't knock Henrik Borgstrom. Henrik Borgstrom's cool. Is he? Can he party? Can he hang? <laughs> he, he seems he has a fun Does he rage? Does he rage? <laughs> Is he chill? Can he thrash, bro? <laughs> Will he drive by your house playing windows rattling Limp Biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> Truly the mark of a, a cool person. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad that I, there was a... Somebody had sent me a FanDuel super boost bet tonight that was Kyle Palmieri to score against the Flyers in his first game against them. 
And I was like, I really thought about putting money on that because it seemed like a lock. <laughs> Minor upset there. Yeah. Silver Where? linings, baby. <laughs> there you go. Mm-mm. I'm trying to find... It was... Uh, da, 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 that was Megbird11 who sent that my way. So thank you, Matt, for, for sending that over. I'm glad I did not take that bet, ultimately. Should have just bet on Brock Nelson because that guy absolutely kills the Flyers. I was kind of shocked that Ryan Pollock didn't score tonight. He had a couple good looks and he always seems to kill them. Yeah, the last minute of regulation, I remember, because the Flyers largely controlled or most the majority of the third period but like the last minute of regulation he like wound up for a slapper and like that's one of those where it's like oh god oh something bad's gonna happen because if you remember i still remember there was that game last year last season against the islanders it was the last one they played with them in the regular season where the flyers went behind three to nothing furiously rallied to tie the game with like a minute left i remember i had class that night and i got home like with two minutes left in the game, turned on the TV just in time to see Sean Couturier score the tying goal with like a minute and a half, and I was like, excitement. And then Ryan Pulak shoots from like 60 feet out, basically from the blue line, and Brian Elliott is like, no, I will not stop this shot, thank you very much. And with 40 no, seconds sir. left, and the Flyers lost, and it was a real bummer. So yeah, that was that. I was thinking of that when he wound up for that shot with the minute left, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, but he didn't score, so that was neat. That was neat. I will die mad about the game last year where he scored that slap shot goal. That that will always make me angry. Uh, it was a real, and then it was also, a real bucket of worms. I'll die mad about the fact that if they, if the Flyers had hired uh, Ron Hextall a year earlier, they probably take Ryan Pollock instead of uh, Sam Moran. Instead of slamming all. Samuel, because he was a Brandon Wheat Kings <sighs> guy and. We oh, that's know. a good point. I hadn't thought of that. That's a good Hexy point. Loved his Kings, he uh, did. And uh, and also, nobody else was taking Sam Moran there. I mean, nope. the other the other two defensemen who were taken immediately after Sam Moran were Josh Morrissey, who is very good, and Ryan Pollock, who is also very good. I've heard a lot about Morrissey not having a good year this year. I know he's had a good career. I've heard he's not been good this year. I mean, but Winnipeg is a, Winnipeg's a weird team. Winnipeg's a weird team. And both those dudes yeah, were WHL that. players. So, like, the Flyers yeah. probably take both of them over the QMJHL guy who's just a very tall dude. Slamming. Slamming Samuel. Samuel, you know, he's not just tall. He's also tall. <laughs> hey, he's physical. <laughs> he is fit. He is physical, and, you know, I was talking to Bill. He'll whack you with his fucking stick. That's true, he will, and he'll get tossed out of the game, which, you know, it didn't wear down the other defenseman at all. That doesn't happen. I I do like that he has a little bit of that that physicality that, like, I was talking to Bill about having a guy with some piss and vinegar in there Mm -hmm. to flip over some tables and get a little pissed off when they're down. So it's nice to have a little bit of that, but I would prefer the overall good defenseman but i'd like yeah you'd like you'd like it in a player who's good at hockey and like Ah, let's 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 hold down the okay okay really quick because i mean he's not been like great or anything no he's not been terrible he's been fine like he's been a fine third i guess on this team he's been a cromulent third pair defenseman that's true i don't totally fine he's not even close to the biggest problem on the back end if he keeps a third pair spot next year i got no issue with it like 
tonight he had like he's been better than Eric Gustafson. Yeah, sure. He had a bad call go against him tonight. Like I, I, it did not look like like that was a boarding penalty, sure, but he did not deserve a game misconduct for that. That was kind of yeah, I don't think so either. Your mileage may vary, but I don't. I don't. I think that's probably a two, and that's it. And certainly, the game misconduct is my biggest problem there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a big decision to make whenever you do that because you are the other team is then shorthanded for the first period of the game too. Yeah, that's 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 something. And was that when they were down one nothing? They were no, that was right after that second goal. Yep. So two you knew, like I said, that was when you're thinking, okay, this so might quick. be five nothing by the end of the first period, and it wasn't. Well, I still think the biggest upset tonight was that that goal uh, from Abe Kubel, like that that goal happened in a Flyers game. And it didn't happen by the team that was facing the Flyers. Like that that a goal bounces off of a goalie's shoulder off the top of his stick and into his net, and that happened to the other team. Like I don't know. I like, like there was a glitch in the matrix to allow that to happen because that that's the exact kind of goal that Carter Hart would give up this year, or that Brian Elliott would give up since like mid February. It's just that that was that was fun. That was a fun moment to to remember that occasionally bad things can happen to other teams too. That's the power of the NAKGB, baby. <laughs> his <laughs> first his first goal since February. That's <laughs> like that's wild. Games, right? 22 games. I think that's February. I'm not I'm not here to do math. His third goal of the season and I was shocked it was even that many cuz I can't remember the other two for the life of me. Like the fact that the two guys who scored tonight were Abe Kubel and Voracek, and between the, the two of them, they have 10 goals? I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that in the slightest. That sounds completely <laughs> false and wrong. Yeah, Albe Kubel, it's not the most important thing that's gone wrong with the Flyers this season, but, like, he was everything they needed in, like, a bottom six dude last season, and this year he's just not been that, and that's a real bummer, because, like, you looked at what he brought to, like, depending on what line he was playing a lot of times, it was the third, like, he is he was a little he was a little shit on that on that four check and he did exactly what they needed. And also he was smart about it. Much more so than we had seen from him in juniors or frankly in the AHL. And this year was sort of his chance to prove that, that wasn't that wasn't an outlier. That was who he could be, and he ain't doing it. Like it's a bummer. Nice cold night though. Yeah, nice lucky goal. It's a complete bummer. Because I agree with you like that. It really that was one of the things that was, I think, being lauded by the coaching staff and by Chuck Fletcher for actually giving a shot to those bottom six guys that people always complained about not getting a a chance under Hextall and Hextall. And to see him succeed like he did, to see him do as well as he did was I think a lot of people were very happy to see that. And it really felt like a step forward for this team. And uh, you've seen a lot of the young guys struggle this year. And uh, what Chuck Fletcher say, the, the single guys, right. Mm-hmm. Are really struggling and it sucks. And I, I, I always wonder how much I can attribute to the, the circumstances at hand for any regression, but it's it, so hard. Over. And like, it's so hard. This is something that we've talked about a little bit internally. It seems pretty clear that this flat, that the folks who run this team. So Fletcher, Vigneault, whoever else, it's pretty clear that these folks think that, and I'm, I guess we'll say whether we think that's right or not, but it's pretty clear that they think that the COVID stoppage and everything and the circumstances of the season, they clearly think that that has affected their team more than it has affected the average NHL team. Like 
Fletcher basically came like Fletcher in his presser a couple weeks ago acknowledge like acknowledge the weird circumstances of this season multiple times and like he's not stupid he knows every team is going through that to an extent it seems pretty clear that they think that their team is going through it more than the average NHL team and I don't I mean I don't know what they're going to do this offseason it seems pretty clear they're going to make some moves but I don't know how many but Chuck Fletcher and Valene Vigneault don't sound like guys who are totally out on this group of players and they think that and it seems like they think that this group will look better in normal times. And I mean, look, if you wanted to try and look at this rationally, I'm not saying we have to like it, but if you were to look at the fact that I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but the fact that last season in a fairly normal setting, the Flyers played 69 games and looked like a really good hockey team. And then in a hermetic bubble where with a neutral playoff tournament followed by the weirdest, most compressed regular season we've ever seen, they looked bad. They like, if you're the front office, do you look at those two things side by side and say, I don't know, maybe the former, maybe the former one's a better representation of what they'd be if next year's closer to normal. Like it's tough. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot ever since really ever since that presser, um, because it seems like they still have more confidence in this team than a lot of the fans do. And I get that, you know, as fans, we have less of an obligation to be rational about this stuff. Then um, someone's cracking a cold one. I like it. Uh, we have less of an obligation about this stuff to be rational than they do. But I'm really curious to see if that's actually how they feel about this. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is weird that the Flyers are the one team that's really come out more so than any other teams. Like, uh, this isn't great for our guys. I'm glad that. Other, not, than, other than maybe the Canucks, be- who, you know. Ugh, oh, that's, yeah, that's a mess right That's now. bad. That they, they have to. They have to cancel their season right they have to right uh, they should they might as well they're probably not the going Canucks, to right? get them out of here but they should it's at real this bad point like any team and they're not in a playoff position no. right? they're in their division no they're... so just 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 cancel it just kick them out <laughs> until next year at this point who cares i because i'm past the point of caring as far as like hockey standings go and everything like let's maybe give a shit about people and uh, curbing the spread of infection what 20 plus cases on that team like the whole roster i don't think it's yeah. literally the whole roster but it, it probably is Almost everyone and it then a probably bunch of contacts are like yeah a lot of the coaches down. yeah it's real bad terrific you, you hope everyone there is okay by the way that that uh quote unquote cold one getting cracked was me. I definitely thought that I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> and it was right next to the mic too, so you guys got that loud. Oh, it was weird. It was loud and clear, so cheers. Not, not also, it, if there are any cops listening to this, this is an Izzy that I am drinking. <laughs> I was going to say I was, cops listen to Flat Purple. I was going to say Amon's here cracking up a sweet LaCroix. Yeah. Of course, of course. For all you know, the narcissists who are it's trying bubbly. to uh, get me arrested. And but that is not to disrespect any cops that are fans of Fly Purple. Keep giving us those sweet, sweet listens, uh, my friends. But <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, this is a team that I am glad that Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault don't seem to be overly panicking like the fan base uh, as far as the the players go in their performance. Uh, that said, I do think there are definitely changes that need to be made and hopefully they are on the proper wavelength there. Now, if you guys are Chucky two trades, if you're Elaine Vigneault, what are you looking at for next season based on what you've seen this year? Cause I'm at that point after tonight, like they needed, 
they need they've needed a lot more points in the past couple weeks to stay in this playoff race and i don't think they're in it anymore i'm pretty much convinced they're done no. um so i'm really going to start focusing on on next season over the next couple weeks and i i'm really torn on the moves to make for next season this off season where are you guys at what guys do you think specifically need to go from this current roster yeah so like in regards to the first point like the rest of this season it's hard because the problem is the guys that you want to see more from are guys that you you expect to see more from that you you know you're going to need more from next year like there's there's no obvious okay take him out of the lineup so you can put in some like a young guy who we may need next year guys you're not going to take out Phil Myers unless you think he just needs a reset and needs to pack in an early because he's he's struggling right now to the point where to the point where the Flyers took him out of the lineup for Robert Hague and Sam Moran tonight and we were like yeah that's fine that's fine and like you it's it's hard to take out guys like that because they're all underperforming and it's not like anyone has earned a, a few weeks of PTO here you know it's it's hard now. I I think I'd, I'd like for them, and I think we'll we'll get to the trade deadline. I'd like for them to sell off guys like Raffle, uh, Gustafson, Elliot. Well, maybe not Elliot. Maybe you keep him around just to have another goalie. Uh, Lawton. We'll we'll get to Lawton. I know that's a little bit of a special case, but if if you can get anything of value for those guys, and maybe see who can give other guys a chance to fit in, do it because none of those dudes should be back. Nothing personal. Just like I don't know, leave. But sorry, not sorry. <laughs> as as wise philosopher once said. Yes. But yeah, you say it's, good day, sir, to those. Yeah. Things. And it's like I know some folks are basically saying, "Yeah, I want him to lose, tank it out." And I get that. I kind of get that. This oh, yeah, it's you you want to get a reward out of this shitty season, but if they're that bad over the next twenty games, or I think they're only sixteen or seventeen left. Thank God. It's it's. It's hard because if that happens, then you just come into the offseason with even more questions. And again, it gets back to the question of how much does Chuck Fletcher, who has said he isn't going to overreact to this particular season, how much stock is he going to put into that? So, like, I don't think you're making many changes on the blue line. I think you want to see guys just get back to where they were, um, you know get to something resembling what they were last year. And who knows, if, if Hart is playing better and he's certainly been better since the reset not letting since his personal reset not letting in like four goals a game making pretty making some pretty good saves you know generally looking the part of a solid nhl goaltender if he's back that's probably the biggest thing and i also think that you know no one will come out and say it out loud but the fact that the goalies couldn't stop a bowling ball this past like in the month of march uh bowling that's not the right analogy bowling balls are probably hard to stop no, they, um well, they're big depends, they're pretty big they're big the but way. you've got pads yeah. i don't know so the fact that the goalie, beach ball. Beach ball, I know beach I ball, beach ball's a normal analogy. I, I was like, I'm going to say something different. And then I said, it aloud. like I said, I was going to say, I tried to say something different. I'm like, that's, that's a ridiculous comparison. Never try to be You different. shit the beach on your comparison. <laughs> I shit the beach. <laughs> but yeah, like no one wanted to say it, but it was pretty clear that the goaltending being terrible snowballed down the lineup last month. And if the goaltending isn't going to be terrible the rest of the way, maybe we'll see something better. But yeah, it, it starts in net it, and it, you know, it, they say build from the net out and you sort of want to see it from the net out the rest of the way. The def- the goaltending has been a huge problem. Defense has been a very big problem. Some of the forwards have been less of a problem, but 
in different spots still on. So that that's really where the focus starts for me. All right. I'm going to get spicy right off the oh bat boy. here. Oh, oh boy. Bring those spicy meatballs. We are here for your red hot takes, my friend. Ghost, ghost pepper takes coming. Oh I, boy. I think I just exist in a perpetual state of spiciness at this point. But uh, yeah. I, I'd agree with something that comes up in our Slack a lot, which is, is Phil Myers like a, a good player? Is he going to be a good player? Because there's a lot of stuff that we're seeing this year that's a little bit worrying, specifically, like, I don't know, basic defensive principles, like getting your stick in the passing lane rather than just staring at the puck and not doing that. I've been told staring at the puck and not doing that is the way to play defense, though. I mean, I went to the AMAC school of... (laughs) I see. I went for the AMAC, but Eric Gustafson might be the even better one because at least AMAC tried to play defense. <laughs> Try is a word. Uh, effort. He made attempts. Yeah, but he genera- the effort was he never generated the question. Defense. <laughs> that guy generated so much defense. Oh baby. <laughs> the effort was never the question, okay? The starfish was a deliberate attempt to try and play defense. Dude, it wasn't a good one, but it was an attempt. There. That's got to be very difficult for him as an old man. But no, I'll I'll go ahead and say. I I think it wouldn't be a bad move for the Flyers to move Phil Myers for a long-term guy who is a guaranteed top pair piece. Um, I think obviously he's going to have a lot of value around the league. This is kind of selling well on him, but you're still going to get some solid value out of him. They have the prospects to put together a nice package for one of those kinds of players. And I know Nashville people really like phil myers um and they were trying to wiggle cam york out in a package for ekholm obviously but if you're not going after ekholm and you want a long-term solution on the top pair if you want to go after ryan ellis and you float out there phil myers plus some other stuff i would not be shocked if david Poyle bid on that um so i think that's the kind of move that fletcher needs to make is go get a guy who can play with Provorov and be the number one dude, because Provorov has shown pretty, I mean, transparently this year that he's not going to ever be the number one guy, or if he is, it's going to take a little bit or a miraculous turnaround at some point. Development is nonlinear, but at this point, with as much time as he's had in the NHL, you would hope that he would be establishing himself as a number one, and he's just not doing that. Same mistakes every night. So, uh that and then, I don't know, we talked about it last show, but Voracek, you should probably look into trading him if you really want to make a big shakeup in the locker room, if you want to focus on doing an attitude change, if you feel like he's not the right guy to mentor some of these younger dudes, then that's the guy who makes sense to move. And if you're opposing GM, you know, Jake Voracek's nothing but great with the younger dudes. He's a real, he's a father figure to them. Just always picking them up after practice, uh, just patting them on the head, saying "There, there, son." <laughs> yeah, there, there was that, uh, that uh, between whistle shot of him tonight doing like talking to Faraby, saying like, so, "I don't know what he was saying. I wasn't there, but he was like pointing something out to him He's after saying, some there, shit." There, son. Like, hey, hey, pick your head up. You'll get him next time, champ. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Jake Voracek saying, "You'll get him next time, champ." <laughs> He's probably saying, ah, just kick their ass next time. Or, you know, fuck them. <laughs> now I'm just yeah. thinking of, like, Jake Voracek as his kid comes dejected from, like, a Little League game after striking out four times. 
and he's just like, ah, you'll kick their ass next time. It's fine. And the kid's like three. <laughs> Playing T-ball and Jake's just like, how the fuck did you strike out four times in T-ball? Are you even my He's kid? a piece of shit. He's the worst in the league. What are you doing? <laughs> that, that, man, that would man, that would be so funny if he just trash talked his own kid. Very on brand though. I'm here for the ongoing Little League adventures of Jake Voracek. Put a camera on that man and have him coach a team. I mean, good lord. That would be such a good reality TV show. He's just like muttering under his breath and yelling out insults at the other team. He's calling other parents' kids bums. Like right in front of them. This kid's such a little asshole. He's always throwing at my kids. I... I... If I was a little younger, I would just whack him in the back of the knees with this bat. So help me God. <laughs> Jacob Voracek. Ex- extremely funny. Would love to be his best friend. Flyers should absolutely trade him. <laughs> Very concise and to the point. I think Voracek's a, a big one. I don't know who's going to take him. I don't know how you... I don't know. you got to showcase him. you got to be like, look at, our, look at our shiny bearded toy, Jake Voracek. Well, he's, he's... Believe it or not, he's like nearly a point a game winger this year. And I think teams will see through that to some extent. But I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I think the way they put it on the other show is you would probably have to lose that trade and they, you would almost certainly not get a player better than Jake Voracek back for him. But you could... You could get something for him i think i don't think you'd have to take a to- i don't know if you'd have to take a total bath to get rid of him uh, who he's knows actually tied for first on the team in points now after tonight <laughs> he's tied with van reemstake 31 points dvr has been quiet lately uh, i i yeah we knew that he, hot he was he was shooting like a, a billion percent in the first half of the season and that was going to cool off to some extent but i feel like he's still generally making like in the right spots it's just not quite going in for him as much which is inevitable but Goal oh, scorers well. are streaky. Yep. Wow. All goal, all goal store scorers are either streaky or Alex Ovechkin, or they're not goal scorers. Wow. That's that's the rule. I've been told that that's or not Austin true. Matthews. He's also good. I've been told that that's not true, and Philip Forsberg is actually bad. No so. he, They should trade him for Jake. Yeah, they want to trade yeah, him for Jake Vorchek. Yeah, <laughs> do it. It's it sounds that. like a perfect one for one. I think everybody. Win. It's a win-win-win. I mean, no. I, Many I, people I, are I saying prefer- this. I'd prefer if they did not do that because I don't want my friends to have their mental health ruined. That would that would really suck. But Jake's so much fun to have as far as like tearing down the local media. So he gets to bully our friends over at on the four check when they when they go well, on the calls. Only if they ask stupid questions. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's our specialty, baby. And and well, write and write about how he shitty dumb article. And they spe- yeah, and they spend seven years writing about how he's the reason that their team is bad. And then he calls them out on a Zoom call for it. Yeah, that's that was one of the the most appropriate, like least shocking call. It was shocking as far as like nobody actually expected him to do it in that moment. And I think a lot of people had forgotten about the article in question. But you know that Jake doesn't forget. He's an elephant. He doesn't forget. He's taking it to the beats. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. 
and I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Want to talk some trade deadline? Talk some rumors? Let's let's talk some rumors. We don't even have to talk about the Flyers then. That's awesome. That's I know. How crazy is that? Like, what, a month ago? Not even? We were like, okay, Ekholm, Ellis, maybe somebody else. We probably throw, I would probably be throwing Manson onto the list. Josh Manson from the Ducks came up recently uh, on the trade, uh, the trade board, the TSN trade bait board here. And I, I, I mean, do the Flyers even want to do anything at this point? Actually, the Flyers are on here as. They have a player that's uh, number nine as of earlier today on the trade bait board. Scott Lawton is actually on there. Scoot so... Loops. Scooty Loots. I... Nah, it's Scoot Loops, like the cereal. Oh, see, we always call him Scooty Loots, but Scoot Loots works too. That's that my personal nickname for him. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. uh, uh, I think a lot of people. <laughs> I have a photo him as a serial killer. Somewhere on a Toucan Sam. Oh, Toucan Scott. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's right. That's somewhere. Toucan Scott. Oh my! I I please send me this because that sounds very weird. Yeah, it's terrible. Scott Lawton <laughs> is the only guy on the top ten here that is probably even Flyers adjacent here. Although my personal favorite is Toronto's top prospect. <laughs> TSN, you couldn't even list the guy's name. It's just Toronto's top prospect. Uh, Who's Toronto's? Like, a choose. There are two guys up there for that spot, I guess, is like their point. Who's Toronto's top both. prospect? Well, guess what? It's you. Exactly. <laughs> I What a weird decision right there, but okay, whatever, TSN. You're still one of the more reliable. Should have just put a Toronto up. prospect. <laughs> Somebody from the Leafs organization. How does this affect the Leafs? They're just putting well, on Nathan Fielder in like a hockey uniform and offering him <laughs> up in trade and hoping nobody notices. The plan? Trade a piece of paper that says our top prospect on it. <laughs> Here's the least top prospect. It's Canada's tallest man. 
I'm in for this. Put Nathan Fielder in there with Kyle Dubas, and we'll see what the genius can truly do when paired with another fellow genius. Nathan Fielder could probably come up with some ideas that we would be better than like half the shit NHL jams do. Let's let's oh. just let's just call this what it is. <laughs> He's even Canadian. It works perfectly. <laughs> That's true. The next flyers to yeah. He, he graduated from one of Canada's top business schools with really good grades. That's right. That's right. Oh my god. I was I've thought about putting that on while I'm working during the day, but I just the, the cringe it's might be so uncomfortable. It's such it's an so uncomfortable. I can't like get through a full episode of it at once. I've it's so funny, during it, but like, like it's so much. It's made me laugh hysterically, but it is just so uncomfortable. I actually, uh, so I'm looking at the list now. So Ekholm is listed as number 11 on the list right now. Uh, number 12 is another similar one to Toronto's top prospect. It's Chicago's cap space. But at least that's not. <laughs> at least that's not presumably a person. I don't know. I think that's even better. Yeah, they have some money. What will they do with it? Who knows. <laughs> Chicago's dollar dollar bills. Like what the hell is that? Like I can. How does Chicago have cap space? Because they just they just made a trade recently, I think, right? They still have like. Jonathan Taves. I don't. I mean, like it's 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 saying something that David Savard, perfectly competent, like second pair right defenseman, is the top name on this list. That's a little generous for. He's having a rough year. I think he's. I know he's generally had a good last couple, but yeah, it's. He's the top name on this list. It says a lot. He looks really slow, and like Columbus fans are screaming for them to offload him because he's gotten slower every year. So I want to touch. I'm looking at cap friendly right now. Chicago projected cap space zero dollars. Current cap space zero dollars. Hell yeah, deadline cap space. Zero dollars. TSN, am I looking at an old list? What's going on here? Dude, gotta weaponize all They have, oh, they have 20 million in long-term space. That's the thing. Okay. Uh, 20 million in long-term IR. Presumably, I don't know, do they still have Hosa there? Oh, Taves is, Taves is on long-term IR. I forgot that about sense. that. He hasn't played all year with the illness. Seabrook, Seabrook is retired for all intents. He, he's like Pronger retired. Oh my God, they have so much money here. That's, That's wild. wild. Hey, Jinx. <laughs> I don't even care if they cancel the play. I was just thinking for like a second that Stan Bowman opened up a lemonade stand and was just like, yeah, I have like 40 bucks. I could probably go get a player with that. <laughs> we'll make it He work. actually stopped televising the team's home games again, even though there's no fans. <laughs> he just stopped. Just I still can't believe that's a thing they actually did. It's It's True. insane. No, and like me. not that long ago. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, not that long ago. What was it fifteen years ago? They weren't televising home games because they were like, "Well, that's how we get people in the building." Ridiculous! Like that's the same exact shit that the MLB is doing with the blackouts. It drives mm-hmm. me insane. MLB blackout rules are wild. You can be like an hour away from four dif- from like three or four different teams. I think I've seen people who are like blacked out from philly baltimore and dc all in some area code up in maryland and it's like what are like who does this help who does this help what are we doing here guys yeah it was showing the cable companies really have that much of a monopoly at this point over i mean it just break it all up and stream it all at this point because that's pretty much where everything's headed i mean we saw this with the espn plus deal for Mm -hmm. 
for the NHL that's coming up. I mean, I got blacked out for like a Cubs game earlier today that I was trying to watch. You're so, in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? I don't know. But for whatever Who are the reason, Cubs playing? He wasn't having it. And like, uh, I think my roommate using our MLB TV account had the same thing happen with like a freaking Cincinnati Reds. They're playing the Pirates. Pirates. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? What? This is the world we live in. Was it like a national TV game or something? No. Uh, it, was, okay. it was literally just like, he was like, yeah, I have some money on this game. I want to watch it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Let me pull it up. And it was blacked out. And that is preposterous. Yeah. You know, I'm not exactly a geography whiz, but uh, I'm pretty sure the math doesn't add up there. No, no. Uh, I'm pretty sure Alabama is just a suburb of Pittsburgh, I've been told. Well, the people are equally that's closer obsessed. to the truth Listen, than you might think. <laughs> the people are equally obsessed with coleslaw. Seems appropriate. The same amount of teeth and average average resident hey now hey let's not hey. let's not get too let's not get too uh rude about alabama here i do live here people are cool they're okay. much nicer down it. here than they are in pittsburgh from my experience oh I, I believe that i believe that yeah a lot less uh you know braggadocious about the number of bridges they don't care too much about that <laughs> not a, not a fancy state with your multiple bridges we just have the one it's pretty cool <laughs> There's there's 17 bridges out of Pittsburgh. They're all hideous yellow. Hey, Mario Lemieux liked them, apparently. Do you ever see that little clip where he was like, I came out of the tunnel and I saw Pittsburgh for the first time and I loved it? <laughs> Sounds like Marshawn Lynch getting off the plane in Buffalo. <laughs> 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 truly, truly spoken like a man. Every time. I don't think I can get on an episode of Fly Purpley without talking about Marshawn Lynch getting off the plane in Buffalo. I think it's happened to everyone. It's just a thing of beauty. And Marshawn Lynch, I mean, number one, that's a great video. Number two, Marshawn Lynch is just the best. I still can't believe, I still can't believe he showed up on on a goddamn season of Westworld, which is still a a wild thing for me to think about. And he basically just shows up as Marshawn Lynch just being like, cool. Is Marshall That's Lynch, him on the show. Is Marshawn Lynch the perfect Buffalo athlete? Because all he needs to be happy is a bunch of Dave and Busters, and that's it. <laughs> He's just the perfect athlete. But but like specifically for Buffalo, because like isn't Buffalo the Dave and Busters capital of the world? It's just Dave and Busters and Buffalo Wild Wings. That's, that's actually on the sign when you drive into it. Yeah, yeah it's that, literally that, I just think those that, two that's things. There aren't even people there. It's literally just blocks worth of Dave and Busters. That are completely uninhabited. That's it. And just ta- folding tables, waking, waiting to be broken. Sounds about right, honestly. I've never been, but you give an apt description. <laughs> what the hell? We were talking about <laughs> trade deadline, <like> trade bait. <laughs> we were talking about trade bait. Chicago's cap space. I got just us into derailed Chicago's us. goddamn <laughs> cap space. Oh my god! All right, looking at. Looking at the trade bait here and not looking at our ambiguous Chicago's cap space or Toronto's <laughs> mysterious top prospect, whoever the crystal ball may say it is, who's actually getting traded on this list, do you think? Who Who is actually a guy you expect to be traded by the trade deadline? Mm. Let's see. So, I mean, I wonder if Columbus thinks they're close enough that they're not going to deal Savard. So, they I shouldn't. Guess we... They absolutely <laughs> shouldn't. 
because they're close, or or why do you think they should? No, like they they shouldn't think that they're close. That's oh, a dumb okay. Thing to think, because yeah, that's true. It, I mean, it basically looks like as someone who's following the central really closely that it's just going to come down to either Nashville or Dallas, and that's like yeah. it. Because mm-hmm. every time that Nashville's played Chicago, pretty much they've just spanked them. Um, you hate to they, see it. They only get. <laughs> They only get to overtime That's in those games because Kevin Lincoln is playing out of his mind. Uh, and then, I mean, the Stars are pretty even with Nashville. They have some games in hand. But those are the two teams that I feel like are going to end up battling it out for the fourth spot. Uh, Columbus should definitely be selling, but I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it feels like everyone's about to get fired in Columbus. Like Tortorella is not making it past this year i don't think he's you know had a lasted longer there than i believe anyone would imagine but it seems like he's not making it past this year there and i'm stunned he's made it this and long. then i don't know about yarmo he's been there a while and i mean they've gotten he'll be there round. next year yeah he'll, probably he'll be there. but yeah i'd say savard gets traded um they'll they'll get pushed within like the next week or so here to basically the very fringe of playoff contention percentages where it's like oh they have like a two percent chance to make mm-hmm. it or whatever and i think that's when they finally pull the trigger they fire everybody and they sell i mean he did get he i think i read he was held out of the lineup tonight so it seems like they're gonna trade him yeah but but that is not for again for number one on the list that is that is there's no donkey sauce here no that's... no no donkey sauce to be because it's david savard this is not a donkey sauce this name. Is a, that is a that is a light that is a very light spreading of mayonnaise. This is not a. This is not even a suburb of Flavortown. Guy Fieri isn't even saying that this is good. He's just eating it and going, "Uh huh." He's like, "This is He's food." Like, Where's the exit? This is food. This is certainly hey, a restaurant. I need to use your bathroom. Do you have any hot pockets? <laughs> Cut the camera. Cut the camera. Oh man, right I haven't had a hot pocket in so long. There's a reason. Yeah, you're probably we right. We gotta stay on task here. <laughs> Okay, uh, Taylor Hall, number two. Um, he's definitely getting moved. Uh, he's also getting held out of the lineup. Um, I re- who was it that was rumored to be in on him today? Toronto, I think. Though Toronto's probably rumored to be in on everyone because everything affects the Maple Leafs. I saw some crazy thing about Edmonton, which that would be. Funny I don't know how the hell they make that. Would be extremely would funny. Be funny Sorry, just would be. Just that would just be funny. Trade but... Larson for him. Well, the thing about Edmonton is right, like. It's not like they need more offense. They need one unit of defense. Right. I, I've yeah. seen a lot of stuff about Hall to Boston. Obviously, that's like the thing that gets thrown around constantly because they have a hole on the second line wing. But I don't know. I don't think that they'll do that because he's just been so underwhelming in terms of point production this year. He's been very mm-hmm. good by like analytics but he just hasn't been producing, and that's what NHL GMs are going to care about. Yeah, so. he's, he's, Two goals. he's shooting, like, 2%, at, but also I know some of his, like, individual chance numbers are down, but also, like, someone's going to take it. I don't, like, the NHL also just doesn't seem to, for a dude who's been as good as he has generally been in his career, the NHL just doesn't seem to love Taylor Hall. Um, But someone will take a chance on him, on like, under the premise of, well, anyone who leaves that Buffalo team is gonna is gonna take off and be better for it. And to some extent, they're probably right. But I don't know. Like, 
it's if you had said coming into the season they wouldn't have been able to trade Taylor Hall for even a first round pick, I'd have been like, you're wild. In. And I don't know if they're going to be able to trade him for a first round pick. Taylor Hall know. is a rat bastard in my mind for forever because he robbed Claude Giroux of a heart trophy. So yeah, that's oh, that's true. Yeah, Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck. Fuck. Um, so yeah, bullshit. that's that that need that has. I think Taylor Hall has some donkey sauce. Not as much as you'd have thought coming into the season, but there's some donkey sauce there. Needs a little more. Needs a dowsing. Needs needs more. Needs more. Boy, there's not going to be much donkey sauce on this list. Or like, we are not. No, no, we are not warming up the RV to Flavortown. Mike Hoffman. Let's see here. What he sucks. Lo- what He's locker rooms? Um. What what wives can his wife get in the fight with? Um, <laughs> oh, I think this sounds like the Flyers to me. I mean, just bring them on. Let's just. Listen, you want to bring it? You want to bring someone who's a bit of a dick into this locker room? Let me tell you. There's your, your piss and vinegar right there. That's your piss and vinegar. Uh, that's as long, that's, as, long that's as a that, lot of piss. As long as that piss that's and vinegar, piss. as long as that piss and vinegar doesn't ever attempt to play a single unit of defense, you've got your guy. Yeah, I mean, there's not shit, a lot of dude. defense to be found. He's, he's the dude that I was terrified of this team paying in the off season. Like, of course, now I don't know would he have been worse than Eric Gustafson? Very difficult to say, but like. He's bad, man. He's not very good anymore. At least no. defense isn't his position. <laughs> no, and like he's a wing, so you'd go, oh, the defense isn't that big of a deal. It's not like a he's just not playing very well defensively. It's that he clearly doesn't care when you watch. Like he doesn't give a shit. And that was the case yeah. in Florida. That was the case for a little bit in Ottawa before he got traded and mm-hmm. basically just Mark no, Stone he's... carrying him. He's he's not good. Mm-hmm. What is ha- what has happened to the Blues this year? By the way, oh, like uh, that is fascinating. They paid a goalie who's not good. Uh, Damn, basically, really Matt makes Murray. you think. And then they Vince Dunn hasn't been good. Which apparently tonight a video popped up from like a year ago of him saying a racial slur. So that's fun. Oh fuck. Oh, and then I uh, that. That's a bummer. So long, Vince Dunn. They apparently. You thought could say that done. they could replace Alex Petrangelo, who was one of the four best defensemen in the NHL last year, with Tori Krug, who's like a very good second pair guy, and that that's not going so well for them. And there nobody can score besides Jordan Kyrou. So, yeah, that's their status. Everything sucks yeah. over there. I'm so pleased because, again, Flyers fans don't have to deal with Blues fans that much, but as somebody who is a Central Division team fan... Blues fans might be the worst fans in the NHL. They're up there. I loathe them. Really? Yeah. So it's suck. funny. So so as the as the guy who we lived have in... the one person involved in PSH that can actually comment on this. It was fun. I I I feel like com- so and I, I lived in St. Louis for a while and I feel like I just I, I rarely interacted with blue like Blues fans the way that I did with say Cardinals fans and granted there's overlap there but. I like hated the Cardinals enough that I just never really got around to caring about the Blues. Oh, it's the same shit. It's the same shit because basically they were just waiting to win a championship, and then as soon as they did, they turned into Cardinals fans. Yeah, that's, I that's I had moved out of there. I moved out of there well before they won that title, but like I was there while they were good for like four or five years, and it, I don't know. It just didn't feel the same until they won, and then. And then, yeah, I, I get your point there, though. They're, they're just, I mean, I will never forget, unprompted on a, like, post of Corey Perry's Walk of Shame in the Winter Classic with Squidward footsteps dubbed over it. 
there was there was a blues fan who's popped in there and basically said that Ryan Ellis deserved to get hit in the head on that play. And that he like talks all big when he's a player who's never accomplished anything. That's just that image is seared into my brain forever as like this is what blues fans are. Uh, and I, I know a couple of cool ones and I know people who like their girlfriend is a blues fan or whatever, but they're they're up there for like my top five most hated teams in the NHL just because of my post cup interactions with them because they're just such like Ooh. shitty people. They're I mean, there was like a really awful cross check on Victor Arvidsson by Robert Bertuzzo uh, a little while back, and they were like, oh, Arvidsson deserved it, and he like flopped, and then Arvidsson was out with a concussion for like a month and had back issues afterwards, and they were like, yeah, he was faking the injury. Like, screw off, man. All right, back back to Flyers. Anywho. <laughs> Flyers hockey. I, I can't believe we got a Blues fan ranting here. I'm amazed by that. So uh, the thing I find interesting about Hoffman, though, is just the fact that, yeah, we, we know he's got that, that toxic thing and he doesn't play defense. But if I am somebody who is desperate for a scoring winger and I look at, if I'm just looking at numbers here, Hoffman's got nine goals. Taylor Hall's got two. They, they could probably pawn him for something. I don't know if it'll make a difference for whoever gets him, but like someone could, they could pawn him off for something if they're going to, yeah. if they're going to bow out, which I think they're going to. But yeah, there's, there's, I don't know. Not, needs, needs more donkey sauce. Definitely needs more donkey sauce. I would say so. And I don't see any, there's one you would say quote unquote sexy name on here. And that's Taylor Hall. That's yeah. the only name that really Nick Foligno's a good moment. player. I don't uh, know. He's not been good this year, though. Like that's the whole thing with Columbus. Is yeah, all of Colum- these older guys have not been good. Yeah, with I mean, when all of them are well, that you know, that's the question when all of them are bad. But like it's um, been, it's Boone Jenner who like they're fifty clones sick, of fake person. Yeah, uh, that, that is. A, yeah, you want to talk about fake names? Boone Jenner's right. Yeah, up there. Boone Jenner, Nick Foligno, and David Savard have been like the three dudes that. Uh, Eric Seeds over at Jackets Cannon has been consistently pointing at and being like, these dudes stink and they're getting a ton of ice time just because they're vets. And like, I, I don't know. Like, do we have to talk about freaking Nick Foligno and Jonathan Bernier and Luke Glendening here? Like, no, there's nobody Luke really Glendening. interesting oh on this God. list. Minus maybe Josh Manson, <laughs> who may or may I not actually get can't traded. Believe- Glenn Denning is on this list above some of the other names. Yeah, like it's Jesus. A true, who gives a shit? Mikhail Granlund is number seven here, and he's probably not going to get traded. I can, I like have yeah, a Nash. really strong feeling that's not going to happen because our GM is an idiot. I say R like I'm on the Predators, but I'm not. But everybody does it. It's fine. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. stupid thing, but like. Poyle, Poyle is going on the radio shows and being like, oh, we're getting all these guys back from injury, and they're basically our playoff additions to try and, like, appease the fans that want him to buy at the deadline. And meanwhile, the sensible section of the fan base is screaming, you're getting 970 save percentage performance from your goalie right now, and the team's underlying numbers are not that good. Maybe you should just still sell, and they're not going to do it, and it kills me. Is that, is that GCJ? UCJ? Yeah, that would be uh my man, UC Saros. My my, my fantasy team team fantasy team name last year was funded by Saros. 
because I, I picked I picked him up in the last round. I mean, he's where I, my uh, Twitter handle comes from. Felt so good about that. Yeah, yeah, I know. That one always made me chuckle. In, yeah, I in mean, the fantasy Nash- Nashville's definitely been. Yeah, really. Nashville's definitely been a, a little better lately, but also like even if they're not you, good, I even if you think they're going to get something going, awesome. like I don't know, the top three in that division is really good. And yeah, they're, they're going to make the playoffs and get like dick smacked by the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's yeah, the probably. Path they're on. Yeah, probably. Uh, and they're, what a division. they're not a good team. Like, they're fine. If they were in, you know, maybe the Canadian division, they would be in a top three spot for the postseason. But besides that, I mean, in the East, they would be a bottom feeding team. In mm-hmm. the Pacific, they'd be in that cluster with the Sharks and the Coyotes. They'd maybe yeah. be better than like all of them and be in that fourth spot. But again, like they're not a good team. But they'll probably keep Grandland. He's probably going to end up being off the table unless somebody blows uh, Poyle away. And he'll just be there, buy at the deadline by not actually buying at the deadline and not selling kind of thing. I'm thankful that you, your away came in there. I was very concerned for a second. Mm-mm. All right, so let's let's – all right, these next few names that aren't Scott Lawton. Give our thoughts in ten words or less. Or let's – no, let's, let's just go to the donkey sauce scale without even talking about them otherwise. Jonathan Bernier. <coughs> that's that's not even. I don't think that's even donkey sauce. That's not even donkey sauce. I think that's like. I think that's generic ass uh, store brand Louisiana hot sauce. Yeah, that's that's the that's the mayo chup that they've got in the, the in the store, like the bottle that's just ketchup and mayo mixed together. That's Jonathan Bernier. <laughs> this is this is a lot of conversation for something that was answered by one noise that I made as soon as you said his name. Yeah, I couldn't quite tell what that noise was. Uh, a mix between puking and uh, like eating something unexpectedly dry. Could you open another LaCroix can next time? <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, Luke Lindenning. That's uh, he's a player. That like there there are no condiments to be spoken of here for Luke Lindenning. He <laughs> were... a relish packet that has been in your drawer. <laughs> For a couple months, sitting in the sun. This is a you, piece you of left toast. Condiments out on the picnic table, and then you're like, "Oh, I should probably clean that up." This is a piece of toast that got slight. That isn't even toast. It got slightly warm because it was sitting outside on a hot day. <laughs> Mikael Granlin, we talked about it a little bit. He's a solid player. Uh, uh, he's actually yeah. needs needs more donkey sauce, but he's he's a guy where like I could see Toronto adding him, so that would be yeah. fun. In exchange for Toronto's top prospect. <laughs> uh, Toronto's top prospect. Let me tell you about this guy. Toronto's top prospect. Full this man is a full ride to Flavortown and back. He's worth every penny, whatever his name might be. That's a bullet train to Flavortown. <laughs> but who is it? I don't know. It's you. It's like... It is, yeah. Like it's like when you see the they don't have a a picture for a guy, and it's just like the question mark like silhouette. That's that's what we're looking at here. <laughs> it's the year ten creative it's a, player it's a, in uh, you, NHL. Do you guys remember way back in the days of hockey Twitter, the Hockey Insider account, uh, which is like the dude oh, with the question mark? That's Toronto's top prospect right there. <laughs> Funny story, yes. real quick on a tangent. There is a guy in the Predators Twitter community who has successfully fooled beat. Re- beat writers before with like trade deadline news with the name uh hockey insider hulk hogan (laughs) that's a real thing that happened one time 
That uh, that's fantastic. Hey, brother, I got some trades for you. <laughs> no, he does like the whole thing where he does the little dash hh at the end of his tweets. I think he now goes by just Angry RV again, but like for a little bit he was Hockey Insider Hulk Hogan, and he would just be like, Pecorine is injured, Connor Ingram will get his first career start, and then the little dash and HH, or like throw in at the end there, like, don't bullshit me, brother. Like, just something random. <laughs> and I brother, think- I heard a spicy rumor that the Flyers have offered three first-round picks for Matthias Echo. I think one time, like... If I'm not mistaken, when he still had that Twitter handle, uh, the Tennessean took that and wrote an article about it. Like when he was Hockey Insider Hulk Hogan. So that's an all-time Preds Twitter moment for you guys. Oh my god. Kurt, who was... Who did the rumor involve? You remember when Sam Carcitti found the worst screenshot... (laughs) Ever. Oh, I remember. And oh my God! Like a oh fake my rumor. God! Wait, who did that? I, I gotta find the. Um, it was Wayne Simmons. Yes. Edmonton, and I forget what else was involved <laughs> think, in this oh, deal. Was, oh shit! Oh. Hopkins, right? I thought. No, I don't think that was it. Um, no, 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 no. I, oh, is that? It was it. Pulley Arvey. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, hang on. Jesse Pool Party. <laughs> That is that is an all time. I'm digging up I'm digging up the old BSH article titled Sam Carcidi owns Twitter. <laughs> okay. I'm just glad this ended up being an extended take. Okay. The okay. Area. So this was the this was this is our third miniature taking it to the beat segment tonight. Um, Exhibit A. Flyer. He tweeted, and I remember this was during a game. He tweeted, "Flyers say there is no truth to TSN report that Wayne Simmons is being traded to Edmonton for goalie Cam Talbot and right wing Jesse Puljujarvi." Story has since been removed. And then, uh, like an hour later, Bob McKenzie quote tweets it saying, "I'm told TSN says there is no truth to your report that says TSN reported it. None of our insiders slash reporters are aware of this report. TSN.ca says nothing was posted, no story posted, no story removed. According to our people, if that's incorrect, let us know." And then he responds to Bob McKenzie because I don't know how I don't know how he thought this was going to go. He says, "Here's the TSN post from today. Apparently, it was a few minutes later." And this this screenshot here is like it's like. It was a Facebook thing and like I don't even know like I think it was it has the like and comment on it from Facebook but it's like a very obviously fake tweet there are at least four different fonts on this page. <laughs> like it was sent it looked like it was sent from freaking Twitter for Blackberry like <laughs> <laughs> Twitter for Blackberry it it is the jankiest ass screenshot. I'm, po- I've I'm, ever I'm seen sending in it in in, in our in the great. in the Slack here. Um, it's, yes, it's it just is remarkable. An it's remarkable. It's, content. I'm like in tears thinking about it. And then because it was so funny. And then Bob McKenzie immediately responds to him saying, "Sam, as near as I can tell, you got duped by a fabricated screen cap that never existed on our website." <laughs> And then, and then what? he was so blurry. The TSN is fading off into nothing. Like Thanos snapped it away. It's amazing. And then he responded, "If it is duped, apologies to TSN. It looks real, but in this day and age, who knows?" That's like the most I'm not owned corn cob ass tweet of all time. God it's never been said. owned. <laughs> he has never been owned not on the repeated never. times we've talked about him being owned on this program today i i remember this night vividly because like we were all laughing hysterically about it there was a fire drill in my or not a fire drill a fire alarm fire drill jesus christ that went off in my building that night and i was sitting down we were like sitting down in our lobby 
it was like a January night, so it was cold, and we were all just crammed down there. And like I was just losing my mind laughing at this very stupid thing happening on the internet to the point where I think people were staring at me. <laughs> that sounds like just left the tweet up. I can't. It's believe still here. Still it's up. all still there. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm just gonna post it in the main Slack and see who responds. Cause it's so good. It's the good best. God. It's got to be my favorite one. It, good all of them are so oh good. The goodness. Questlove one. This is just like <laughs> you know, poor like walk hard when they're like poor every Slam time he Sammy. plays, he's got to think about his entire life. That's, I that's feel like we're that Sammy with Sam some right strays now. tonight. My this goodness. Smith, take a look, y'all. Tweet of Sam Cartini's <laughs> career right there. Is it not? <laughs> like that's the best comparison. Take I can a think look, of. y'all. Oh my goodness. I don't remember how we got to this from the trade deadline conversation. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing. Do we want right. to talk about Josh Manson? I just we should probably talk, talk about, about Scott Lawton, right? Like, I guess Let's in theory we should Scott talk Lawton. about Scott Lawton. That, I think we, I we get talk to the about game. Scott Lawton and if the Flyers are going to make a move, get to the game and then we can all go Betty bye. Yeah. Okay. So, Scott Lawton. Um, there were, let me, I'll pull up Tom. So, um, Tom put together a good little summary of what Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick had to say on their podcast last week about the Flyers. They opened it up with probably about 20 minutes of um, discussion of the Flyers. Some interesting thoughts in there, some things about Nolan Patrick, things about Carter Hart. Um, again, a little bit of everything in there about, you know, he pretty much they pretty much said we don't expect the Flyers to really try and buy um, during the, uh, you know, buy in these next couple weeks because it's just not something that makes sense to do and which you know if you've seen them you would probably agree but yeah so his comments on um i'm having trouble finding this on our wonderful website uh but yeah he he specifically brought up scott lawton because he is probably the most here we go the highest profile ufa that the flyers have coming up um his comments were uh, there were, he his comments, uh, Elliot Freeman's comments were, and this is courtesy of Tom on our website. He wrote them out. He said, "I think they've tried to sign him. I think it's possible last year that when they were talking to Winnipeg about Line A, that Lawton was potentially around that. I will say this: contracts are hard to do right now, especially when you're going through what Philadelphia is going through. I believe the Flyers think that guy loves being a Flyer and wants to be a Flyer. The question is, can they get it done? There are a lot of teams out there. If you told them that Scott Lawton was available for a playoff run, they're throwing themselves at a guy like that." And then a few days ago, Freeman also said, I believe that Pittsburgh has some interest in Scott Lawton and may see if they can get a team to finagle a three-way deal the way that it happened with Mark Strait a few years ago, which, look, I respect the hustle there. Honestly, pretty funny that they did that. Um, fuck them, but pretty funny. But so Scott Lawton. <laughs> Let's help the Pittsburgh Penguins out. <laughs> so Scott Lawton. I mean, I... I think that if you can deal him, you do. And I I get the sense that, like like Freeman said there, you get the sense that he loves being here, and it seems like the team likes him, and it seems like he is very much a like a an established voice in that locker room. It's easy to forget that he's been around longer than like a lot of the guys in that locker room, and he is isn't quite a veteran, but he you know is a is sort of the gap. Between he sort of bridges that gap between the older guys like the Drew era and the younger guys like the Proveros, Konechny's, um and like Farabee's those types um, but at the end of the day he's a, probably a third like he's a 
solid third line forward, good fourth line for like very good fourth line forward. But I think that you kind of have to think that you can replace a guy like that. Like if the Flyers have as much depth in their system as we as we've been led to believe they do, I think you have to hope you can replace a Scott Lawton. And if you can really, and if there's really would be a bidding war for him, and you can turn him for something, I think you got to do it. I don't know what y'all think though. If you can get a first round pick out of Scott Lawton and like anything more than yeah. that, you got to do that, right? Yeah. A one, no I mean, question. I think no I'd question. Even get a second. I, I would even th- consider a second for him to be totally honest. And I like Scott Lawton, but. I'm not I'm not married to the guy, and uh, you've got some guys you want to bring up through the pipeline. I like Scott Lawton, though, and I, I do want to keep him, but if you're going to get good value for him, go for it. What was the comparable contract that was brought up today, I think? Oh, uh, the Tanner Pearson one. Pearson, yeah. Yeah, he got three years, like just over $3 million, and I think Charlie asked in Slack, like, would you give that deal to Scott Lawton? And Probably not, no. Not three years. I wouldn't give him that kind of term. Yeah. I mean, the Flyers are coming up on a cap nightmare next offseason is really the, oh is the tough one. It's... Give him the and Kelly Hinkle Classic. Been this. Give him, the the two-year two deal? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Hinkle Classic. Yeah. I mean, I, I like him. I like having him around, but, all, but you know, a lot's been made of uh, his impact in the locker room, and, you know, you sort of have – but. I think the response to that is the same one we heard a lot when we were having these conversations about Wayne Simmons two years ago, which is to say if like if his presence in the locker room is this real game changer, why isn't the team better? And I mean, it's theoretically possible that losing a guy like that can make the season worse. But then again, could it really? You've seen this season. Monkey's I don't know. Paw. Monkey's paw. <laughs> Yeah, fair oh, enough. it's a hundred percent the monkey's paw that that Hankel and I talked about, uh, because I swear it was the the second we all were like, oh, if we can just become the top seed in this tournament, we're gonna have a shot, and we became that top seed, and and everything's yeah. been bad, pretty much. But yeah, I mean, you you have to gauge the market there. Like I, like I said, I'd do it for any of their free agents. Um, I. I'd love to see them deal guys like Raffle and Gustafson. I think that the market in general is going to be slow enough that they're that they might not get many biters on that. But if they can, awesome. But like, can you imagine somebody wanting Gustafson, seeing what Gustafson's put out there, and said, "Yeah, give me." I mean, people love dudes who can quote unquote move the puck. Some well, some folks do. Other time, other dudes love dudes who can stay at home and guard the front porch. You know, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Someone traded for Eric Gustafson last season. It's wild to think about. And he was like That's as bad. True. He was like as bad then as he was. Oh, maybe not quite as bad then as he was this year. But he was bad. No, he was about as bad. I mean, I have a Hawks fan who's a friend of mine who, as soon as they signed him, he was like, good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> so. Yeah. But points. All right. Do we want to play my game? Let's my do it. Horrible, evil game. So. Oh. I've, I've titled this game. The Great Wall of Suck. Uh, it is in reference to a discussion that we had on the last episode of Flood Purbly about the worst defenders of the Claude Giroux era, which I'm defining as the 09-010 season onward, right? Because he, he played okay. a little bit before that, I think, mm-hmm. but that was, that was the year that it became the Claude Giroux show. Uh 
And yeah, so I have pulled up in front of me right now, based upon Evolving Hockey's wins above replacement model, the 10 least valuable defensemen of the past decade or so for the Flyers. So the Giroux era that I've just defined. I thought you were going to say the NHL. No. no guess I how mean, many were Flyers? Them, yeah, but, uh... <laughs> kind of synonymous but yeah so i have the 10 least valuable guys up here and i'm going to try to help you guys guess every single one of the people on this list we're going to start with number 10 and work our way up to this is very much my shit let's do this all right so we have at number 10 this defenseman is most famous for having a very likable and innocent twitter account well, it can't be Delzato if it's innocent, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, ten. So ten is tenth worst, right? Yeah. So we're okay. this is the least shitty of the players on this list of the ten, and the could this be quite this a is list. from the this is from the 2010-2011 season. That's the 10, other 11. hints I'll give you, and they did not play that many games. It's not. It's not Oscar Sean O'Donnell. Bartolis. Oh, Oscar's Oscar duh. Oh my God. Oh, major whiff by me there, God. Oscar's Bartulis. I'm just going to reply 10. with 10 parentheses and an orange <laughs> and call it a day. The most wholesome man on Twitter, Oscar's. Uh, I love the, him. He's my the favorite The only guy. good account on Twitter. All right, That's so true. number nine, we have a guy who actually had a pretty good NHL career. Um, National Predators legend is like a running joke in the Preds community. That doesn't help you guys at all, though. This is the 16-17 season. Um... um. And this is this is a guy who 16, was known 17. prior to arriving in Philly for putting up decent point totals. Sixteen seventeen. Um, okay, so sixteen seventeen. That was Provorov rookie year. It wasn't straight. It wasn't. Um, 16, oh, I'm gonna hate myself what, for what this. What was the hint again, Amon? So this is a guy who was well known for putting up really good point totals before he arrived in Philadelphia. Like not before like amazing, Mark... not Norris worthy, but good point totals. And I've it's been... not Mark Strait, right? It, it is Mark Strait. Oh, oh, I, wait, Strait. I said that. Oh, yeah. I said, I said it's not. Did, I didn't. You, real... didn't, you didn't say it. With I didn't. Confidence. Real... I did it like you. Okay. <laughs> Bummer. It seems like it was further back than that to 16, be totally honest like is listed as I've, the least okay wait season. hang on i need to i need to clarify are these the worst individual single seasons or are these cumulative so this is the worst individual season okay okay that I makes see. a little more okay. sense okay yeah. i get it now yeah I get it. Like, and like, these, aren't, these aren't scaled by sample size perfectly because like bartulis that, is that year he broke his 13. penis no, that was the, that was Ghost rookie year, remember? Because that was when they called him up. Uh, yeah, that's why that's why Ghost came into because so, the penis because of a broken penis. So, uh, and then like there's there's one other guy on this list. The next guy on this list, he only played eleven games in the season that he had, but he is one of the ten least valuable Flyers <laughs> defensemen. So, like, that's pretty impressive, honestly. I'm not even mad. Which season was this? The 2012-2013 season. Uh, Ken Huskins. For you. No, Ken it's Huskins? not Ken Huskins. It's not Ken Huskins. Uh, Oliver Lordson? No. Uh, oh, this this was the year with a lot of bad defensemen. Um, this is, Curtis this Foster. Guy, Curtis Foster? No, this is a guy that is a, Nicholas is a Grossman. Flyperbity. Nick Grossman is a good guess, but no. This is a flyperbole legend. <laughs> he is a oh, Slovakian former first-round pick. Andre Mazaros. Oh, oh, oh. Andre Mazaros. Oh yeah, big Mez. 
All right. I, that that 2012-13, that lockout shortened season, that defense was abhorrent. It was so bad. I remember that was one of the times that I, like, after getting scarred by the 2010 Cup, uh, I tried to hop back into hockey and, and then, I watched a yeah. little bit and I was like, man, this seems <clears throat> awful. He <laughs> watched no, fourteen fifteen was the nadir of that era, but twelve thirteen was also really bad. Because fourteen then, fifteen was the team where the offense was sick, and then and Ma- they they had well, nothing. The like Giroux and Voracek had their careers there. Mason was good, and that was basically it. Yeah, the like, whole team. Yeah. Like because that because that defense was because okay right? that defense that was before Couturier had really taken off too. But like well, that defense they were sticking it with freaking Matt Reed, right? Like that yeah. was his best lineman. Meet for, Reed. Five years. Yeah, they they lost Teeman into the blood class that off season, and then they their response to that was to go get Michael Delzato, and okay. it, like As him and Braden Coburn were basically their two best defensemen. And There's been a lot that, of Michael Delzato that was like talk. Delzato had a good year. There's been a lot of Michael Delzato talk. I, I felt like Kurt oh was going to bring him up as, like, the trade deadline portion. You talked about him <laughs> in the Slack earlier. I'm a little disappointed. I, I did notice he was, he was making at least a round on – on the old media today, as far as a, a potential trade target, I was like, uh, "Hey, bring no. bring back a DJ MDZ." Well, talk about the one thing that the Flyers don't need is an <laughs> offensive defenseman. Bring back DJ MDZ. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he has me blocked on Twitter, so I, I couldn't. I could. When you wish upon a porn star, <laughs> is, is he worse than still, Eric Gustafson? Still the know. his the 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 post about his his um squabble with the porn star still. By a factor of like seven or eight, the most read post in Broad Street Hockey history. That's pretty amazing. What a beaut. All right, mm-hmm. next All right. up, we have a pretty obvious one. 2015-2016 uh, season, played 56 games. This is a common whipping boy of the Hextall era, for good reason. 15-16. 56 games, that's too many for McDonald's. Because that was the year he was in the AHL. No, that was the year he was in the AHL. Um, Grossman got traded that offseason. Um, Coburn was gone by that Sorry. point. Oh, Nick Schultz. Oh, duh. Nope. Ooh. No. Nick Schultz is not still to come on this list. Damn, I that's a stunner. Him. Um, look, go- I'm just following the numbers. I think Nick Schultz belongs here. But <laughs> I'm mad at you personally. Look, for Nick science Schultz is not a liar sometimes. Science <laughs> is a liar sometimes. So it's not McDonald because <laughs> he. Of the episode right there. It's not McDonald because yeah, he was in the minors for most it of that. It's not year. Amac. Amac does not appear on this list either. That's a big stunner. Yeah, right. That just tells you how terrible it's been. 15-16. Okay, this is really going to bug me. Um, yeah, and it's not Nick Schultz. I'm shocked. Uh, eh, 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 eh. 56 games. Whipping Boy in the Hextall era. Not Nick Schultz. Can't get over that. Not Amac. Who else is a Whipping Boy? This was Hextall this dude's era? first, like, legit taste of the nhl legit taste of the nhl uh it wasn't hague it was too early how are you guys not getting this i'm kind of he wasn't drafted by hextall no but he was he was a udfa who played his entire career up until recently with the flyers undrafted free agent good god y'all come on Oh my god. Dude. It's Brandon Manning. 
It's Brandon Manning! The Mando! Oh my god. <laughs> How did that take that long? That was insane. You know why? You know why? Because I blocked him out yes. of my memory for being mediocre. You know what's been really nice over the last, like, say what do you will about the last few years of Flyers hockey. It's been nice to not have to think about Brandon fucking Jesus Manning. Christ. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, you're right. You're, but no, I we should have got out of that. my mind. I eternal sunshine the shit out of him from my mind. All right, so now we move on to a defenseman from the 2011-2012 season. He played 46 games. This is a guy with a fun last name. We'll see um, if that's enough for you. So 46. So that's too many for Kabina. That's too many for Grossman. I don't think Carl was bad enough for that. It's not Coburn. It's not Tiemann. Who's got a fun last name? Not Mazaros. Matt Carl does not appear on this list. That's good. I, uh, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. He's a he's good player. He's perfectly fine. 46 games that season. Uh, fun last name. And a fun last name. It's not It's not Lauritsen, right? No, he no. didn't play enough games for that. No, he was a defenseman. He was a defenseman. He was a defenseman. He was just huge. Prior to playing for the Flyers was in the minors for the Red Wings. Wait, um... I can picture it. <laughs> I can picture it. I'm just not... I give up. I'm, I'm not gonna... He's Swedish. Much. Um... Hang on. It's gonna bug me. It's up to you, Kurt. Let me see. Red Wings defenseman. 46 games. Fun last name. You get one um, more guess, and then we're gonna move on because we've still got it wasn't five Bord- more players. That was Bordeaux, but that wasn't him, right? No, he was with the Flyers. Oh, who was the guy that sucked? Oh. <laughs> 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 um, not no, uh, Lilia, right? Yep, Andreas Lilia. Andreas Lilia. Andreas Lilia. Oh, he sucked. All right. He did suck. He sucked hard. Here's here's an obscure one. Twenty-seven games played. Oh nine. 10 season. So that's that's your starter there, right? And then I'm trying to think of other things about this guy. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, 9 10. Was that the only season he played for the Flyers or did he continue to play for the Flyers? Yeah, no, he played 27 games that year for the Flyers and then immediately went overseas and never came back. Well, it's not uh, Ryan Perrin. Played uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning before playing for the Flyers. Is, it, is that Krychek? Yep, that would be Lucas Krychek. Nice, that's a good one. Ugh. That's a good I, I was thinking for a second it was either him or Ole Christian Tolfson, but um, traded trade of traded for Billy Lano fame. But okay, T. Okay, T. Anywho, all right. Now we have a 2010-2011 defenseman who played 81 games. Sean O'Donnell. Yep. <laughs> yep. Nice. Yep. Old man O'Donnell. He was not very good. <laughs> no. No. I wouldn't have guessed he'd be this harmless, but he was not very good. All right. Number three all time. We have from the 09-10 season. Played 48 games. Ryan Parent. Yes. <laughs> I hate Ryan Parent so played, much. Played 41 seconds in the Stanley Cup final and single-handedly <laughs> and lost awful. the Flyers that series. <laughs> I, I do not fact I check cannot this believe. I mean, it sounds accurate to me. All right, now we have a shocker at number two. That'll be my nope. like big hint. Sixteen Team seventeen Team season. Sixteen seventeen. Ooh 16, ooh 17. ooh. And it's a is shocker, it Provorov? It's not Amac. 
It is not Provorov. It is not okay. AMAC. AMAC is not on the list. This player played oh. 76 games. Oh, wow. Um, Ghost? Ghost. Because I remember that. Post rookie year season. Yeah. Oh, the rookie year. No, no post rookie year. year. The oh, year po- yeah, the post rookie year was bad. Got, the post rookie year was bad. And he didn't look very good, and everyone was freaking out. And then he had like the 60 point season the year after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the rest is. Because I, I remember that Provorov, I remember that Provorov got to a decent start that year, and then he got settled with Andrew McDonald, and everyone was like, "What's wrong with him?" And it's like, "Oh, he was settled with Andrew fucking McDonald." But <laughs> I remember that was a weird year for Ghost because that was the year where he started getting scratched, and we were like, "Dave Haxtell, what are you doing?" And then, yeah, and then you know what happened next. All right, number one from the 2018-2019 season. This is like a dude that we get told all the time that BSH collectively complains too much about. That's my big hint. Um, body bag got hang. Body bag hang, right? Body bag hang. Yeah. <laughs> body bag return to the lineup tonight. The all-time the NHL worst, hits leader. The worst season by a Flyers defender. If if we even go pre-Giroux. I'm pretty sure he had the worst season by a Flyers defender because he was the worst defenseman in the NHL by analytics that season. Yeah, least <laughs> least valuable defenseman. And then if I go to just all skaters, I bet he's up there, if not the worst. Yeah, he's the least valuable skater to play for the Flyers since the beginning of the stat tracking era. Which we did it. 2007, 2008. We did it. Okay, I'm going to ask journey. one more question. Who go for it. is the second least valuable skater? Of all all of the stat track era, for the Flyers. So for the Flyers, are we talking? Are we talking not, the Giroux era again, or just this is not a defenseman? Right. Are are we talking the Giroux era no. again, or uh, this this guy falls within the Giroux era though? But this okay. is overall. So like like fourth on this list is Daryl Powell. So is it Zach Ronaldo? It is Zeke Ronaldo. Yes. Yes. Is the <laughs> well, guess what? Guess what, Amon. What's hey, you know what? Know, you know what that fucking know, site bro. doesn't measure? <laughs> doesn't measure which players have the most heart, does it? That's true. There's one player with heart on this team, Ramaldo. That's, That's it. it. God damn. Our brains what are also man? poisoned. Jesus Christ. The guys that have played for this team, and like the fact that I would love to play a similar version of this. Zach Ronaldo has two like... of the fifteen worst. He is the only player I think to appear twice. Yeah, he's right. the only. Guy. I know, bro. I know, bro. Next time we gotta talk about we gotta talk about all the greats. We can talk about Ronaldo. We can talk about Jody Shelley. We can talk about <laughs> Jay Rose. Jay Rose. Jay Rosehill. Do with the Rosehill triathlon. <laughs> Dan Carcillo's on here. Sean O'Donnell's on here. Uh, oh yeah, I, I want all this. Nodal's on this here. great content. I, we we should convene this this meeting again at the end of the season. Yeah, this is some premium offseason content. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Last one, Chris Stewart at number seventeen, despite only playing he only played games. he only played in like a hundred minutes of hockey last season. I don't remember him went, even being. They a went very badly. Yeah, he was not very good. No. All right. No. That's but the end of the game. You know what? <laughs> he was great in the locker room, and that's all that matters. It's the end of my game. That was a good game. I enjoyed that. It made me made me not at all sad about <laughs> the defenseman that the Flyers had over the last several years. Bum Saru is a bum. Strip the C.
It doesn't make me sad at all about this hobby I've dedicated the last decade of my life to. It's totally fine. <laughs> well, folks, that's all we got for you, and it was plenty, but thank you for joining us tonight. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. Kurt, where can people follow you on Twitter? You can follow me on Twitter at Kurt underscore BSH. And I, I write words on the web sometimes. It's been a little been a little less content lately, but usually, I don't know, I have things to say. You could say it's been a while. My, my pin tweet is still from an hour before the Flyers traded up for Travis Konechny when I said if I would do an ungodly thing if they traded up for Travis Konechny. So you can all you can all look at that. Um, otherwise, right now, the first thing you see is me tweeting about Brocks and how they're bad. <laughs> all Brocks. I mean, that's perfect because Brocks are bad and nobody should endorse any Brocks except for Brock Sampson from the Venture Brothers. Brocks underscore good show. R underscore good bad. Show. Uh, Brock from Pokemon is also pretty cool. No, he's in the tweet. He he's in the tweet for people you're, I you're hate. You're Brock from Pokemon hater. Yeah, I remember, he was like a he was a total perv in that show. <laughs> I don't know. He had the one good joke about the frying pan becoming a drying pan. So <laughs> I feel like that absolves him of any crimes. Anywho, <laughs> what? Your Honor, this I made is... one good joke. All right. Y'all just outweirded me, and I, I am impressed. We did I it. We did it, Eamon. We did it. We did it. Eamon, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, they can find me at Gin and Juice, but like instead of spelled normally, it's J U U S E, like U C S R S. Um, yeah, and I I tweet about the Predators and the Mariners and the difficulties of college life, like your internet crapping out when you're trying to cover a hockey game. Oh, and uh, Fred That Durst. is one of the difficulties. <laughs> and Fred Durst. And Fred Durst, yes, of course. Oh, oh my. What a what a show this was. I, I was actually quite happy with it. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estee Bob. If it's for hockey, though, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey. There's also the Flyperbole Instagram account where we do post some stuff occasionally. Oh, wow, indeed. Folks, that's all we got. Thanks so much for listening. Wear your damn mask, wash your damn hands, and until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, wow. Wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it.
You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.